Thank you. What a great thing to be on a team. Yeah. Okay. So I was, I'm here in, in Mexico City and I'm fully here, out here with you for the, for any questions. You can ask me anything about anything in the next one hour and a half. And I, I will do my best to create a space where the answer answers can come up. Hello, Verena. Hi, Verena. Does anyone have a question? I have a question, Vera. I was asking to Christina and, and said, maybe I will ask to Vera. <laughs> this thing that came up in the last uh, Rage Club space holder training, when Ankle was saying something about holding space with, with also with your gremlin, like, and also with box, like how, and was tricky for me how box can hold space, and and this is a question about also in a coaching session, like how my box can, uh, yeah, be in contact with this in this session with the other person. Yes. So how your box is is a program. It's like a dead part. And it's in the, the purpose or the, the the point is not to let go like the, the box is bad or, or or not have a box. But you can you can use or the way that I use my box to be in contact is to know first I I I I discovered inside and outside the mechanics of my own box. I know how it works. I know, you know just like a car. You know, this is where the transmission is. This is where the engine is. This is a part with the oil. This is the connector. And and to know what happens with my car, and then I can adjust it. Oh, this thing is missing. The the bulb is gone. If you know how your box, whatever part of your box that you know, you have power over. You have power of ignoring. Sometimes sometimes my box is freaking out because I'm at the edge of my box and my box is going like, ah, we're all going to die. This is going to be bad. And I can just go, thank you, box. I'm not going to pay attention to you. And and I still am I'm present. My box is freaking out over here and I'm in contact with you. And I and, and actually I've used this box freaking out over here as a, a great wake up call, an alarm that I'm in the sweet spot of transformation, that I'm not saying things from I know what they are. I know this has worked and I'm keeping things kind of, I'm keeping the, space safe and understandable it's it I, I know that something else is going to come out of my mouth because i've had experience of this so this is one way of using box to be in contact as, as a as a as a an alarm what about you guys i want to also hear about you guys if you if you have meaning this is not this is not the authority that knows everything this is a group intelligence you guys have experience, but you also have archetypal lineages and bright principles and fears and sadnesses and angers that have wisdom. So if you have a hint, please, please say it. The way that I've been discovering to use the box is uh, 
as much as I know my box, it's more easily to get contact with the person and to discover when the person is speaking with the box, for example. Or one thing that I'm learning use my gremlin more conscious also is to press button in another person box. So then something come up and the process started to happen because of this. So, for example, um, uh, I'm holding space for a woman that have a lot of sensibility in the about noise. And this is I start stories that come from her box, and the way that I use my box to do that, it's my box have something to to annoying like not actually this is more my gremlin to press the button in a way of annoying, and I I propose to her to make noises so then she could access the emotion. And then when I started to do that, she started to go into the emotion more and, and the fear comes up and the process started to unfold. So, yeah, it's like I, I've been using as this two of box, the two of um, box of tools that I, I can grab it and to, to use in a, in a session. It's not every time, but sometimes it's useful. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. It's also you use your box when you're scanning for the box other than another person. You you use your box. You can use your box to do that because all the clarity that you, you know, I don't know if you've heard this distinction or this kind of way of speaking that when you're pointing, when you're pointing at someone because you can see something in them, there's three fingers pointing back at you, which means that you have it, you know, even in the box and being, um, practice, you know, where there's, you, you scan the box and you get feedback on the box and you scan the being, you feedback on the being it means that you, you see it because you've, you've experienced it. There's part of you that has this. So you can use the box to scan your own box to scan. What is the, what is this, the thing that's happening in the box of the, of your client? What, it, what is the, the rule? What is the thoughtware that they're using? What is the thoughtware that they're using to to say these things? And you can you can put it on the table. I have a suspicion that you have you have this thoughtware operating right now that I know and you do not know. This is what is this going on for you? And the person can say yes or no. And so, which would be a kind of a modified version of of Gabriella's. Um, like hitting a button, you are you are creating a crack. You're you're using your scalpel, your knife, to go into the thing that is active, into the thought word that is active in that moment, and you question it because most people would use it completely unconscious, or they do not. Uh, what I mean, use it completely unconscious is they do not recognize it as thought word. They recognize it as reality, but it is not reality. It is just thought word. That's one way also to to do that. I think of I think of the session we had with Devin, where the first impulse and the second impulse and the third impulse, like those probably came from our box. So to to uh, another way, I'm thinking that I can use my box to hold space is to know that this is from my box, and then to look for something else. Yeah. Do you have enough, Mar Marina? 
yes. to continue. No, I just, I had this this image right now when you said about cracks, that the more we know that our mechanism and also the, this dead thing that we know, the more we are also open to Can you to say crack. I? Can you uh, say the I? more I, yeah. The more I am able to to help to crack this box of the of the client mm -hmm. yeah because i know how it it works as uh, the mechanism yeah yeah and have you learned to do mimetic engineering did you guys do a magic engineering here yes yeah so that, starting yes yeah yeah great so this is this is using your box also it's it's you need to use your box to and to really go slowly into each step of how the construct goes and not and not jump yeah mm -hmm. next question what question hello vera um the it's it's along these lines i was with somebody who is a counselor she's she's a social worker and and she described to me all the things that that she longs for and is is sad about and then she said but she's she does things like she goes to she goes hiking and she she does things that our self-care for her and and I brought back up <clears throat> that this was an opportunity for her here and now with me to really experience her sadness and and she was she basically said you don't think I'm feeling my feelings right now and it was like oh well I mean, I knew she was feeling some feelings, but I, I, my in, impulse was that she was not feeling, you know what I mean? She was talking about it and, and demonstrating it, but she wasn't really feeling it. And I, I, I guess I have a question about mimetically following that. Like, how would I bring that in? Bring bring my noticing in. So, what was your intention? And are you are you talking about you were in a medic engineering session with them, or? What, what what kind of no, session do you have possibility yeah. coaching just possible i mean i'm i'm just starting with whatever comes up whatever yeah i don't i don't frame it mm -hmm. so what i what i'm hearing is that you had you're in a possibility coaching session and the woman was saying a lot of things and that you noticed that she wasn't feeling much and so you said, this is a space for you to feel your sadness. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't, I don't, I wasn't there. I don't know what you said before or after or how much she knows about possibility coaching. But one, one way, 
if what you got basically was her gremlin you're like do you, you recognize that are you saying that i'm not feeling my feelings or do you think i'm not or are you making an assumption this kind of like slight attacks yeah and, i was thinking of it as um the second level of the the um elevator on the vacuum learning well that's that that is a completely different procedure it would start okay. with question yeah. you can say you know see she she assumed what you said as she's not i'm not feel, like i'm wrong i'm doing something wrong i'm not a, i'm not feeling my feelings and you're telling me that i'm not feeling my feelings and so there's already a resistance in the space yeah and so this is a um a thing i'm sorry about the noise there's quite a, a, a bit of noise so if you no, hear it's okay. it no, it's okay yeah. okay so and you have a lot of resistance uh be really careful about saying what is what what is the experience of your client it's really dangerous to say this is what's going on for you or this is to make assumptions you can really navigate into the space into what are you feeling right now and you invoke the experience of her feeling instead of, hey, this is a space for feeling feelings or for feeling your sadness. So making moves that are not directive um, directly, but they're indirectly, they call in the space that you that, that you have experienced that could work or, or, as a, or as an experiment. You call in the space so that they can go there themselves. So in a way, possibility coaching does you, you don't you don't make anything happen. You 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 make moves to invoke the part of that person that already is wanting to come out and express. And and you 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 take things you 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 say things or ask questions or put things on the table so that the person goes there by themselves. And this is what is the biggest difference in possibility coaching with a lot of different coachings is that it's not about, it's not solution focused is experience focused. The, the client goes on a journey and you accompany the client to a journey in themselves where they can experience more perspective, more space, more possibility. Okay. And so that would be a move that I would do instead. It would be to say, okay, what are you feeling right now? And she would say, well, I'm feeling this and this and this. Okay, would you would you let that feeling come up a little bit more? And so you're with that person. And now let's say that you said, this is a space for sadness and then she's blocked it. She's, 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 in, she's already at war with you because now she, she needs, she's disagreeing with your statement. And when you have a, an agreement or a disagreement in the, in the energetic space, the space is um, in a conflict. The, that means the person is not in their experience. They're in, uh, they're in a, um, an adaptive relationship, either adaptive or rebellious relationship with you, but they're not in themselves. And so you would need to dismantle that first. And one way you can do it is, is you can totally take responsibility and say, I'm sorry, I made an assumption that this was happening. What is really happening for you? And, you, and that means as a space holder, you completely die first. It's not about saying, uh, um, I'm sorry, I made an assumption. 
to not to not do anything that no move from I am right. Okay. In, in fact, I would, I would love that, you know, it's a really um, one of the most powerful researches that you can do as possibility coaches is to go into the research of the difference, the distinction between being, having clarity and being right. And so if, if you guys do each one an article about what you've discovered about the distinction of I have clarity about this. I can see clearly this going on and I'm right. This is going on. This is so. And if you can find that distinction, you're going to become exponentially much higher quality coaches, but also human beings. Because there, it's a huge difference between having clarity and, and being right. You, so what, yeah, go ahead. Could you repeat that distinction? Because you're cracking up a little bit on my line. I don't know, know if it's my line is bad or your line. But anyway, could you just repeat that? I can. The distinction, I am inviting you to make a, a strong research so that you can even write an article about your experience of the distinction between having clarity seeing some, you know, really scanning, seeing something clearly, having this distinction, having clarity about something and being right about something. They're two completely different things. Like there are two different purposes. They create totally different results and that they can look inside the same. And if you do this research and you write the article it will grow enough matrix. It go a, a huge bunch of matrix to for you to become more compassionate and powerful and clear space holders and human beings. Thank you. So thank you. So yeah. I'm going to go back to the move to the move because you were just right. You know, I'm saying this is a space for this is a place for sadness, and it lands as I'm right and client is wrong. And so you have to deconstruct that completely yourself. And for that, you need to die. You, your rightness needs to be sacrificed. Whatever you do in a, an authentic form. Yeah, but without also being less. It's not a performance. It's not like, oh, I'm so sorry. I'm a horrible person. Shit, I'm, it's not going into the swamp. It's saying, yeah, I made an assumption here. Please tell me, actually, I want to, I want to know you better. What is actually going on with you? And it, that's a, a neutral way. You don't have to to be like you're better than me. It's just neutral. Put your own stuff on the table and you move on. Yeah. And, and then make make moves of okay. And, and and what else? And and could you, you know, what what are you feeling right now? I'm feeling the sadness. Okay. Would you would you bring that sadness forward a little bit more in your voice. You know, I can feel it too. And you're, could you express it? You know, could you bring it forward? Making invitations. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. My guess is that most beeps, like most beeps that you're going to get come from an orientation, come from a particular thought where in you. And, and I know that you, you work in groups, so it'd be really great 
to, and I know they're probably going to have practice today. It would be really great to, at the end of a practice session, to see, okay, what was the orientation that I was using right now to hold space for this client? It could be, you know, oh, I was just trying to get somewhere. I was thinking about me instead of them. You know, I was was worried about how I would perform instead of them. And to, to really identify, everybody will have about three to four main um, hangups, main orientations that are going to be a little bit difficult to, to come out. And you can have practices for each of them. So to gain a little bit more space. So for some people will be, being adults or some people will be, I need to, to say something. I need to fill the space or I need to get somewhere. And so just identify the three to five main ones um, to work on them. And they will have some, some thought wear also and some emotions there also to go through an EHP. Next question. What's some what's some gold from the from the the coaching the space holding you've been doing lately? What's what's really like come forward for you as gold lately? I think that makes more gold. I've I've been having an experience in my coaching that that more of my bright principles speak than anything that I know that works or something that I've said before to another person, even if they're asking about a research that I spend a lot of time in. And so it's, it's almost, it feels almost like cheating because it's not really me who's saying anything. It's my bright principles that are saying something and I'm, and I'm, I'm, I'm kind of there look like listening also and seeing it work. And it, it feels like magic just, um, but what I can say is to, to completely radically, radically rely on the impulses that are coming out and to relax in that there's a kind of, I used to, when I started speaking from the unknown, when I was starting to do possibility coaching, speaking from the unknown and and just saying what was coming out i had to do some kind of pressure i would just like just start speaking and i would be like okay and just say things and and at some point that that blocked the actual bright principles from speaking and so right now i i hold space with a kind of relaxedness i'm i'm relaxed in my expectations and I'm at the edge, there's a tension with being at the edge of the, the known. So there's tension and relaxation and absolutely no pressure. And something will come start coming. And I, the, the thing that I need to do in that relaxation of expectation and that uh, tension of the edge of the known is to keep contact with the client. If I, if I lose contact with the client and I'm in contact with me or with my problem or my situation, then something else 
come, some some good ideas come. And but if I'm in contact with the person, it just um yeah, just new words come out or things that I that my box, I can already see my box going like, what are you talking about? That makes no sense. That makes no sense. And I just say them anyway. And it seems to work. It really seems to work. Um, and so this the the hint or the 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 gold for me is this relaxation and complete trust and reliance that it will come out. And I don't have to pressure it. I don't have to force it out. And it doesn't have to look of a certain way. And it will require practice also. It will require practice to have the next word come fluidly or the next person or the next practice. Would you, would you give me would give us an, an example like with a client that happened that like something that you just felt that the bright principle was talking yes here all since the beginning of this call it's been like that and the it's i couldn't tell you what i said even um, I couldn't tell you like what exact words I said and what they, what they, how they landed. What I can say was that I was really connected to the space. I was connected, energetically connected to the necessity of that person. The and it's not even the known necessity of that person. It's the unknown necessity. So some people will come. I want more possibilities about this, and one of the one of the blocks even for their possibilities that they think they know what is blocking have you ever had this experience that you're holding space possibilitators are the worst sometimes because they think they know what their process is about and and it blocks because they're they're tight okay but i'm not committing to anything that the client says to me i'm not i hear the story and i hear the thing that they say that they need i hear the victim story sometimes or whatever story it is and i do not commit to the story i commit to the energetic emotional physical and intellectual sensation that they have that causes them to call me and that that's what i that's where i'm like i i, I jack in there like i connect there and and that's where i speak from and sometimes i i have to make that space a little bigger so i will say things i, I concentrate on that i focus on that experience which is usually kind of a painful experience and i say things to let that experience rattle to let that experience rattle a little bit and become a little bit more consciously present in the in the client and then the client starts speaking from the authentic necessity and not what for that we're thinking does anyone know what i'm talking about has a okay jesse could you say something more about that my practice around it right now is to be continuously letting go of what i like to be continuously aware of what i'm attaching to as i go i have this kind of rubber hand that just grabs out and sticks and so i'm i've been watching that this is the practice 
for me right now is watching that rubber hand grab out and stick onto something and then loosening it. And then in loosening it, it's like a whole bunch of things that weren't possible then start to emerge as possibilities. And this also it's also profoundly uncomfortable. I mean, what's what's what I'm really aware of is the the fear that causes me to grab onto the thing. Mm. And and so what it requires is that I sit back into the fear and let go of that. And that and and it's a kind of relaxing actually. It's kind of a relaxing. I would describe it in similar terms. Um, and but, about. What about that the the connecting to the to the source of the pain? Let's say it's not doesn't need to be a, like a trauma or anything. When I say source of the pain, it's just the experience in and and you've all experienced that in yourselves as clients that there's a thing, there's an urge or an impulse in you that causes you to try to make meaning out of something. And then it causes you like shit, this meaning doesn't work, and this meaning doesn't work, and I don't know what to do. I'm going to ask for someone, but the thing that originates is an impulse that has, that you don't know what it means yet. How, how do you, Jesse, hone in in that? Like, do you commit to that too? Well, I actually don't, I don't hone in on it. Mm -hmm. Like what I experiencing is it, what I, what I'm experiencing is an opening up to, to let go of that actually. And, and I'm, really it requires a complete rat like radical trust of the bright principles mm -hmm. i showed up here with this with this purpose with this i i mean this beingness of this is who i am this is what i am this is everywhere i go this is what i am i am love for example i am clarity i am transformation i'm healing it's it mm -hmm. and so relaxing for me that kind of relaxing it just opens the space for the thing to just happen and then i don't have to understand their necessity at all or i don't have to hone in on it even it kind of unfolds by way of the spaciousness that's created mm -hmm. and then i might not even know or realize that it's now like come bobbed up to the surface and it's all right in front of us and i and i didn't even necessarily even notice that that was happening or that it needed to be coaxed in any way in order to do that thank you does it to me that you are speaking from emptiness while while you, you are relaxing and not holding on something you create a space which is actually it is emptiness can is are you speaking about I, jesse I'm, or me I'm speaking about you both okay the experience that i have is that there's a magnetism in the energetic space and when i when i connect to the necessity it's the necessity that it's pulling out the words and but there there is a relax like it's not coming from a, a library of knowledge that i that i'm like selecting and going like oh yeah i'm going to talk about this thing oh yeah that other thing that i've done before i'm going to it's 
it, there is an emptiness, but there's, but there's a, there's a magnetic pull coming from the necessity of the client. That's what I experience. So the you or the, the necessity is pulling something through you like something that is coming from the bright principles yes the necessity of the person or the group or the space is pulling out of me and my job is to get out of, to to get my box out of the way get my thoughtware out of the way get the uh, be in enough in a stabilized adult ego state so that so that and keep and keep connect and keep contact so that the words come out mm. yeah more like a, an inner plumber just unblocking the stuff the gunk that is in the way anything else about this i know it's, it could be a little it's kind of advanced in a way because it also for you guys to to be the space through which the bright principles can move in the world it, it requires a complete change of orientation in your life so it's not like oh today i'm love clarity possibility creation and integrity and presence and today i'm not it is it's really a, a committing to be to be that those bright principles in the world happens through a series of initiations of core adulthood initiatory initiations processes that you where you you take the stuff, the big stuff out of way and really take a stand for reorienting, for giving your life, for really giving your life to these energies, giving your time, your attention. And this, this cannot be done inauthentically. So it takes, it takes years of processes and practices and wearing matrix to also go. I, my life is not about, this kind of comfort or my life is not about being happy or my life is not about achieving this. My life is about love happening in the space, clarity happening, whatever I am, washing dishes, having a shower, talking with the person in the grocery store. This is, if I am in the space, this bright principle is in the space. And so there's a, there's a, a path. So keep going and keep, transforming your ground line and keeping going to initiations. And, and until you can jack it into your unique archetypal uh, archetypal lineage, which is the, the, the particular configuration of those bright principles with, with your mission in the world, like the, the intersection of those two things with the necessity with the necessity of echo and that would be your archetypal lineage thank you vera this is so inspiring i can really feel energetically what, what you mean i can feel it and i feel like yeah it gives me more motivation to keep on continuing this work and at the same time i'm like ah shit all the processes that needs to be done because it sounds so easy and simple because I completely feel you and understand you. And then I know when I'm there, it's like, all oh, these things are still there and it's not moving through me yet. So, yeah. Well, I could, let me offer you a, a different perspective about the, the processes that are in, in, in the way 
instead of being obstacles, instead of considering them as, oh, this is all the stuff, uh, so many things that I need to do. What if this is your research? This is actually the thing. What you're going to go through is the thing that you're going to offer your circle because you've gone through it. Like, everything that I share is because I've gone through it. Uh, the gremlin transformation, the decontamination, the, the the ETBs, it's because I've gone through it. And so instead of seeing like, oh, this emotional healing process, it's, it's like, okay, now I have another tool in my belt. Now I have another jewel in my bag to share with others. And so I'm glad that you have, I don't know how many years of processes in the way, because you have how many, how much gold to collect along your path. There you go. You have so much gold to collect to share with others. Yep. Vera, as, as you are the resource, one of the major resources about decontamination, I want to invite you to speak a bit about that topic or that the distinctions, the, the necess necessary distinctions you think a possibility coach needs to have in his or her backpack. As, a, as distinctions and also as a research field, of course. What is your perspective on that? Yes. So what you can recognize in other people is what you have recognized in yourself. And so if you want to be really keen and recognizing, really sharp and recognizing contamination, you need to really go through the decontamination yourself uh, so that you can really notice. But we all kind of, there's some things that are obvious, more obvious than others. So the decontamination, contamination is when children, children are, are growing and they're growing their adult ego state. They're, they're, they're constructing their adult ego state very slowly, unconsciously through their relationship to life. So when they're children, they cannot take responsibility. So they, they cannot move into the adult ego state. When the children grow up and become teenagers, they can move in and out a little bit of a, a fuzzy adult ego state because most of them are not taking authentic responsibility. They're learning to take responsibility, but it's kind of enforced on them. Make your bed, go get this, that are, you have to, you know, deliver this assignment on time so that you have integrity, but it's kind of forced. The, the motivation is external, but it's, it's still, that's why it's not authentic uh, responsibility, but it's, it's to grow. It's, it's, it's for the, the matrix to grow so that adult ego state can be built and inhabited. Now we live in a society. Most people live in a society or grew up in a society that disallows taking responsibility. This allows saying what I want and making it happen because it's so constricted by rules and assumptions and um, that really block people from having their own authority and power. And so in the growing up, most of you, most of us, I, I'm in it too, uh, have developed, so is have developed a, a, an adult ego state covered contaminated, covered with a uh, pretense, pretense, meaning pretending 
covered with pretense about what adult is. And they're all, these pretenses, basically survival strategies, survival strategies that belong to a kind of state of a of a, an orientation and could be child orientation or gremlin orientation or parent orientation. Okay. An ego state is just a, an orientation. It's a state. It's not, you are one person and but you can slip into an orientation of seeing things this way or seeing things this way. And so each of the ego states, it's a, there's a different orient. There's a, a kind of unique orientation and you can distinguish, you can learn to distinguish and to and to to scan and to recognize the the contamination if you have a real reference point about what authentic adulthood means so it's not a set of behaviors it's not a rule thing it's not a oh that looking at clinton how he acts in this way so this is what adult is so i'm, I'm or looking at what another person would do and this is adult even though those things help to form, um, to, to navigate. But if you don't have an experience in yourself of what the free and natural adult, which is somewhat relaxed, inhabits the space that they inhabit without making themselves small or making themselves big or compensating or retrieving. It's a kind of, if I was to compare it to sitting on a chair, there's a way that you can sit and you're out of balance because you're too much in the front or that you can, you're sitting too much in the back and your, your, your presence is not full here. There's a way that you can, you can sit right in the middle where you are here and it's clear and it's relaxed. It's not contrived. If this is the, the, the thing that is the most important, if you are, trying to notice contamination is that you have a reference point because everything outside that reference point will be contamination. So the contamination is tricky because the client or the person who is contaminated can, does not recognize it because it's in their space, but you can recognize it. If you experience adult, adult ego state, and you've experienced how, how it, it it feels, how it feels in you, in your energetic body, in your emotional body, in your intellectual everything, even in the archetypal body. And then when you when you are with a person and they're not adult, but they're they're thinking that they're adults, they are moving as if they are in adult ego state. There's a kind of dissonance that happens, and so there's. A multitude of ways of recognizing this. Some people, there are some some coaches, decontamination coaches have. Uh, it's a taste. It's like uh, something tastes. That person's not being authentic. It tastes weird. I have it mostly in my kind of stomach, like a kind of uh, a weird, uh, unsettled sensation of disgust. It's not that doesn't come from a judgment. It's like a like. Um, something is off like something is off like a food is not completely it's like gone is off uh some people get a, a kind of goosebumps on an area of their energetic body of wait a second this is this isn't this is not you 
some part here is not you. And so there's basically, I don't know, like we've identified in our the last call, I've identified like seven, eight different ways that the energetic body, the physical body, the emotional body gets um, alert to alert, alert, there's contamination here. And so how many of you are in with a decontamination coach doing decontamination right now? Not enough. Not Thank enough. you. Not enough. So why is it important this could decontamination? Because it's the person, you can only grow matrix. You know, if you don't grow matrix, new distinctions don't land. Okay. If you distinctions and, and processes can only land in in a developed matrix. Okay. It's like and you'll see this with time that sometimes some processes that you have with a client, they feel they go through the process and it doesn't land. Like the, the person's life does not change. They cannot continue this work. And it's usually because they do not have enough matrix for, for the process that they've been through. It's not a problem. They just need to do practices and experiments to grow matrix so that this process lands. So without matrix, new distinctions cannot land. They do not have space for them to land. They just go over the person's head. Their mind can understand it, but it doesn't land in their whole bodies. Uh, you, go, you grow matrix by going through the quadrant conscious incompetence to conscious competence. You remember the, the learning spiral? <laughs> conscious incompetence, you got lots of beeps, you're terrible at doing this, and you do a practice, you practice, you practice, you practice, you practice until you're moving into conscious competence. It's in this stress of the conscious practice that you grow matrix. It's not about reading about it or thinking about it, it's practice. This grows, especially, this is why even in labs and, and trainings, we do things that people are like, but I don't know how to do it doesn't matter it will grow matrix because you're looking for the first time in a territory that you've never looked before and that builds matrix okay who to does build... this? sorry yeah go go yeah Come who on. does this uh, contaminate who are uh decontamination coaches who are that right now the decontamination coaches are anna norambuena and myself and christina is also doing that she's in the apprentice and she's doing that and we're going to have a new apprentice soon which is dagmar um who's a trainer and i also want to tell you that the decontamination and the gremlin transformation are they're they're becoming specialities of trainers because it does require a whole bunch of skill set and maybe this will change but right now the only people that we saw that can really hold this um level of um, scanning and being with the gremlin and um, is is people who have a lot of um, a lot of processes and it, it really works with with trainers. So these are these are the people so far. And for to start the decontamination, you would need to have a really good handle on gremlin, meaning that you have the diet that is working. They're not fighting your gremlin, and that you have a relationship with your gremlin that you say, hey, gremlin, and it, it talks to you back and it you can negotiate intimacy with your gremlin. 
So if you don't have any of these things, or if you like, you don't, not sure if you know your gremlin or like, what is gremlin, then go to a gremlin transformation, chapter one space. I hold these spaces, but also Ana Norambuena and Tristan are holding one before the end of the year uh, to, to start. And so um, and I, I want to say that Anna and I are holding a, a decontamination for child adult dynamic in the beginning of the new year. And so only people who have done the gremlin transformation can, can attend. And then child later adult on, or child parent, child parent, Just... child parent. Yes. Sorry. Child parent can attend. I'm going to give you all these informations too afterwards. And then in March, we're going to do the gremlin decontamination, a, a space for that. For, and it's basically, it's not that after that space, you're done. No, after that space, you have just enough tools to start. You know, yeah. And what is the distinction between the, the January one and the March one? Yeah, the January one is about decontaminating child and parent. Mm-hmm. Okay. Because they're they're very much together, and then the March one is about the gremlin decontamination. Ah, it's the gremlin one. Okay. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. I look at, at the the website, and there was uh, the gremlin uh, process was described as an eight week process, and I saw Tristan just announced something that is a five week. Uh, could you just explain how this is all how this all fits together? Yes. So the different space holders do different processes, and so that's why it's not like we recommend even in the decontamination that people go through different uh, space holders. Um, I, the decontamination, the, the gremlin transformation part that I hold is very much the beginning and getting to know what gremlin really is. And what Tristan mainly holds is the part of um, being with the diet, choosing a diet and learning about gremlin through uh, keeping um, a feeding schedule and keeping a diet. And I, there different people need different things. But what I discovered that I needed for myself and for and many other facilitators that I met was that people had an idea what gremlin was, but they didn't experience the gremlin. They couldn't experience the gremlin really. And so the the work that I started doing when I when I started doing decontamination coaching, was I realized that people were not at the level of decontamination. They had to first do gremlin transformation. So I held three-month spaces for people to transform the gremlin. And now I'm, I made them into kind of a six-week, sometimes seven, sometimes five-week groups where people can um, transform their gremlin. I share all the tools. Instead of doing the coaching program, which is three months, they're in teams and they, they do it with themselves. And that is basically before putting the gremlin on a diet is really just pure self-observation, a lot of emotional healing processes and a lot of distinctions, new distinctions. It's experiencing really your gremlin. And I'm going to do one uh, in January. I'm going to start one in January uh, because I had a lot of people asking and I have some apprentices um, that want to learn how to hold this space. And this, and so this it is, will be different. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this Go is ahead. called then when it's before the diet, it's gremlin transformation. Or how do you call it? It's I call the it gremlin transformation, but I ch- I call it chapter one. Chap- okay. Mm-hmm. And maybe the name is going to change for chapter zero, but um, yeah. because it's really like it's 
after that chapter, you're ready to start doing a diet. Mm-hmm. This is what, you know, we're... Mm-hmm. The, the possibility management game world has a lot of researchers and they, they, they we discover great things that like I discover a big part of a gremlin transformation that nobody had ever touched. And Tristan was doing a whole different part and they are not mutually exclusive. They're complementary. Yeah. And then I'm in the process because I'm taking a stand for that speciality. I'm in the process of creating a space holder training so that there's like this is this and this is this and people can do both you know can can be empowered to do all and after that there's this training of the the contamination on the child and the parent in the states because and then you separate those the child and the parent or from the child parent adult um, i don't understand that so some people will have more to the surface or more intensely the child or parent ego state contamination. <clears throat> and they're very much together. The parent and the child have a very particular dynamic. So we do both. And we separate the decontamination of gremlin ego state because it's they're, they're, it's different processes. And so it depends. And if you are if you're wanting to decontaminate your adult ego state, and you you sign up Anna or I would have an interview with you and say okay which one which one do you think is the most contaminated and then we would ask you a few questions and and just see okay I think right now what is most ready is this one or no actually do the gremlin and it doesn't matter to do the gremlin first or do the child ego state first or parent I know a lot of people start with child and parent because it's kind of easier um, because they don't have a lot of distinction, experiential distinction about gremlin. But it's not, it doesn't need to be so. So it will depend on the person. Okay, so you can start child parent ego state decontamination without the gremlin part. Without the gremlin ego state decontamination part. Okay. But you still need to do uh, gremlin transformation. Okay. You still need to have a real. Because that's going to block, that's going to block, that's what we observe is that blocks process of decontamination. Yeah, okay, I got it. And let me just finish on one thing, which is why is it important to do decontamination? Why could it possibly be important that we insist on this? It's because growing matrix can only happen in the adult ego state, in the pure, uncontaminated adult ego state. So if a person has only this space, inside of them that's the rate that they're going to grow matrix okay and so it's it, to have to have gremlin transformation more practices more initiations more decontamination it it starts becoming exponential the the growth of the person the more adult they have they, they just start flying and so this is why we we insist, I, I insist, Clinton and Chloe insist in the decontamination. And it's a process that takes two, three years to have not perfect adult ego state. I, I'm still in the decontamination, by the way, I started in 2019. It's never com- completely complete, but it's just enough that you can be stabilized in the adult ego state to deliver your value, to deliver your next thing and your next thing. Okay, This is not about perfectionism. This is about having enough good enough 
good enough for the next step. And then you want to do a next step and it's like, okay, now building it more for the next and the next and the next. Thank you. Thank you for allowing me to speak about that. So crucial. I, I, speak about it. I have two things that I'm just sort of sitting with. One is uh, this old gremlin thing interests me a lot. And I had this experience of like seeing uh, it was a wolf in my case, which was literally like a hole, a shadow. It was like the absence of something. And I was just curious about, and I think, wow, that, that makes a lot of sense in some way if it, uh, it is a shadow. And I was curious if, if, if you have encountered that particular experience before. And then also it really touched me when you talked about this, uh, how much did you put it, with this, the, uh, the pretense? Because this is it's a bit of a difficulty I'm having with, with, with this whole game world that I'm often left with this sense of a small disconnect that, what is going on is somehow a, a what do you call it, like play acting or like there's like there's a gap, and I I I wonder what it is. I'm I'm doing some coaching and stuff. I have good results with that. So it's not that, but it's just this sense of a small, subtle but but quite significant divide between what I experience and what is going on, and I'm I'm just having a hard time figuring out what is the exact source of that is and how to deal with it. Can you say, so you are, you are experiencing a gap between what you experience and what is going on. That's, that's what I heard you say. What, what, can you say a little bit more about that? What is going on in your life or what is going on in your coaching practice? What, where's say, say a little bit more. Um, It's, I don't know, sometimes with, with the processes that I'm in, I'm having a difficulty relating to it as being real. Like, mm. like there's a level of pretense going on that is um, making some level of my bullshit detector uh, pinging and uh, making me withdraw a little bit uh, because it feels unsafe and unreal and there's something going on, but I have a hard time naming what it is and uh, I become uncertain. I get it. So it's about your experience of process, your own process, or like emotional healing processes, or even sometimes some initiations. Yeah. Um, that it's like this is kind of fake, or is this is performing? Well, not just in my own case, but also with others. I mean, it's like just sort of this, uh, uh, and I just there was something. Yeah. There was something that felt very real to me when you were talking about that, and so that touched me. And I was like, "Ah, it was a bit of a bit of a relaxation into the space that you shared, where I didn't feel that." And so, mm -hmm. so I noticed it, something that I have noticed in a lot of contexts, which make me withdraw a little bit. And so this sort of make me want to come in and say, "Ah, this feels real in a in a, in a way that that is nourishing." Yes. One of the, the things that I've been bringing most to my trainings, my ATVs and labs, is, is getting people to the experiential reality, it's really uh, to their experience, even the, to their nameless experience, because that's, that's the only thing that's real. Everything else is story. 
And yes, there is, there is, um, it's one of the main survival strategies is to pretend or to, to perform or there, that there's a, there's a gap, that there's a, a thing that is not completely, there's some things that work like magic. They have amazing, incredible results and some that it, it feels like a little forced. I've seen that in people, seen that in clients. I've seen that in myself too. Can I say something additional? Yeah. Yeah. I think also it's a little bit like the whole game world of possibility management sometimes feel a little bit forced to me. Like there's a lot of concepts about how things are that somehow I feel my being is trying to have to fit into, but it doesn't really always fit. That, that is the kind of sensation. Uh, yeah. I mean, one of the, one of the, <clears throat> dangers of looking at possibility management as exactly of seeing concepts and without experiencing them is that it becomes forced and the new rule and a new thing that we have to follow. So consciousness is bad and consciousness is wrong. Gremlin is bad or whatever. Four feelings is good and old map of feelings is bad. All, all that, all that kind of thinking, but really um, a thing, a new, a new map does the new map becomes a distinction when it is lived. And until it is lived, it is a concept. And as long as it's a concept, it is not real. So I could totally see this happening, for example, for a lot of people in the beginning. Because, for example, the ETB, gosh, it has so many new maps. It's like impossible. I've never seen anyone get all the maps in their experiential reality. We usually say it's about 20%. And that's why we encourage people to go about five times because 20% times five is hundred percent and to to go through the experiences over and over again and not believe in the concepts not believe at all in the concepts and sure some people do believe and and then they speak from their belief and but this is this is not I would say that that's not possibility management and so really do your practice follow your own unique path take your own authority and 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 go into the experience instead of the concept. Okay, so this is exactly why in the, I created the gremlin transformation the way that I did so that people are not in the concept of what gremlin is and they're in the experience of what their gremlin is and how it goes and what does it like, what does it look like, what's their feeding habits what, without any good or bad, just it is so. But it's, it's so um, challenging for most people in possibility management when they're starting to be in the experiential reality of the, of the maps or of the distinctions because we did not learn to be in life. We did not learn to be in life. We learned to be in concepts. You know, I put this here and most of you it unconsciously go glass. Glass is a word. It's not the experience of seeing this. To be in the experience of, 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 of what I'm doing right now, of holding this object in front of me, it's a completely different game, different planet than saying, this is a glass. This is a glass. It's the concept game over. There's no question. There's no more experience. And so I've, I've seen that so much, particularly I see you. Uh, Gabriela, I see, I saw particularly in the United States, but not only this 
super highly conceptualized versions of possibility management. And it's not possibility management. It's just concept. The distinction is not a concept. It is, it's, for example, a distinction, you, you have the experience of a, an apple that is, you can eat and it tastes of a certain way. And you have the experience of an apple that is, that we call rotten, right? You've, you, you have the experience and right. But you didn't learn it in a book. You, you know it, you just know it because you've experienced it. You probably already have eaten a, a put your mouth into a, a rotten apple and it tasted of a certain way and you didn't like it or it didn't taste that the way of a, a good apple. This is the experience of the distinction. You can now, for the rest of your life, distinguish a good apple from a rotten apple or um, an edible apple from an unedible apple. And it doesn't come of a concept. It comes from experience. So each of the distinctions and possibility management that are offered need to be experienced. Otherwise, they're just concept. They're just dogma. And that's what makes the forced thing. The thing is, the matrix for the new distinctions to be experienced cannot be built if people don't experience it. And that's where this pretense exists. Because it's so much easier to pretend to act as if I'm an adult, to act as if I'm feeling, it's so much easier than actually to do it. And so the decontamination puts all these behaviors, subtle and unsubtle, on the table for the person to really, to gain actual lived experience of their lives. Is that a little clearer? Yes, yeah. thank you. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, I would also add to that, <laughs> that, that that possibility management is a young culture. It's a young culture in the sense that, you know, I, I don't know the people here, but most of the PM spaces I'm in, it's like we've been practicing this and, and embodying and experiencing these distinctions for, you know, maybe a few years. And that this this has been around only for 40 some years. And that the the thing about possibility management is not a locked set of distinctions either. It is an evolving set of distinctions that grows when somebody discovers something new. And that for me, it's like there's a lot of enriching and deepening that has yet to take place that will, I think, take place in this. And with that comes the deepening and the kind of deepening into an authentic experiential context. I don't know. I, that's a story I have about it. Anyway, that, that that's possible. Thanks, Jesse. Gabriela, you had something. Was it was it a question? Yeah, it's a question that in some ways connected with your what you're speaking now. Like I, I'm interesting to listen from you. What you've been discovering about getting people to experience spiritual reality. Like how, as a space holder, you you bring you create this space so then they can be experienced and not as a concept because i have this thing in me that it's so easily to go to the mind when i'm holding space and bringing distinction uh, with distinction and most of the time it's not ever time but most of the time i, I i'm noticing that it's not landing 
I'm speaking, the person sometimes even nodding, but this nodding is not landing because the nodding is just the mind. Like I understand, I understand. And I'm really curious. This is something that bring aliveness to me about how, how to create this, how to get people in the spiritual reality. If the point of the origin of culture, the modern culture is the, the knowing, is, is the, these concepts. And what you discover in these last ETB labs that you have been holding about that, that you you are focused on this lens in this in this perspective. So you're asking it's interesting because you're asking me to answer a question from my mind. Do you get it? You're you're asking you have an incredible question for research. And you're asking me to say what I have done to create the experience. And I, I would I would then give you like, oh, I've done this practice and I've done this thing and I put this exercise and and then what what would that create for you, Gabriela? You would go, yeah, yeah, that's a cool. Oh, yeah, yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna even write it down. I, I can do that same thing. But it it would not create in you the experience of of you doing it. Right. And so this would be one of the questions that I would not answer. So I'm not going to answer that question because it would destroy the research for you. Instead, I'm ask, I would ask you, what, what are three things that you're going to do this week to be an experiential reality with other people? Hmm. I want to share that I feel sad now because I'm I feel sad because this is what I'm creating and I care about that. And what are you do during this week? Hmm. The first thing that's coming is about asking things that I never asked before. And yeah, because I noticed that I think before I speaking the next word, I did the experiment to look in the eyes because I'm noticing, especially when I'm looking my recordings that I look so much to the up when I'm speaking. And the speed that I'm speaking when I'm looking to you it's differently now. So I, I would do consciously more of that this week. And I want to ask for a possibility for another practice about that for this week. Can you experience yourself breathing right now? Would you would you go everybody could do that? Because you're all breathing, but you're not in the experience of breathing. Whenever you when you're nodding, you leave the experience of breathing because then your brain goes, "I got it, that's it, yeah." And then you're off. You're more in your brain than in your experience. Just breathe. Just be in the experience of the, everything that that happens when you breathe. All of it. 
there's there's the physical part of the breathing, but there's other parts too. Be in the experience of breathing in the energetic body. Don't go search for it in your mind. Just go to the experience of breathing in the energetic body. And also do that with the emotional body. Go to the experience of breathing that exists in the emotional body. Without words, without, without naming what it is, just be in the experience of it. This, this could be a practice that you do when you're going into concepts, when you're thinking. You just go into the experience of what you're experiencing. And it could be breathing, or it could be sitting, or it could be having an itch on your scalp, or tears running down your cheek. You know, just be in the experience of what you're experiencing. The advantage of being in the experience of your, what you're experiencing is that you can be in the small now without story. And that, that, that brings possibility for all so many different stories about what's happening because you're not in their box. This would be, this is a practice to, to go on your research of how to hold space for people to experience, experience life directly. Thank you. Thank you. Do you want to say anything about that? Doesn't sound like a hell yes. Thanks, Gabriella, for going there. I want to ask Charlotte. What? Hello, Charlotte. You have muted, just so you know. So, that, what what questions do you have about possibility coaching? I have questions and right now I don't have any question that is that has dawned on me to ask you or to ask the space so a lot of the times we don't recognize questions because they're not smart or something or they're not 
in the mind yet. But the questions come from a pain. So what is the pain that you have about being a possibility coach? Hmm. I noticed that a lot of people that are my friends are coming to me that I already have a context with them that is like kind of upper world energy. And then I, they get there and I notice I, I'm like, can't figure out who to be because suddenly they don't know me like this, but this is how I can show up now. So I show up as a possibilitator and then really quickly I, I feel a lot of fear of, of that I, I don't want to let them down. And it's like a higher level that like I owe them because they're also my friends prior or something like this. Mm-hmm. And yeah. And then I, this one friend is like, I, there's an urgency that keeps coming through me when I'm in the session with her. And I, and I, when I heard some of this shares today about uh, like relaxing, I was like, Oh my God, the whole time on the call with her, I'm like far from relaxed. So yeah, I, I, I feel the pain of like how to be with, with them and, somehow I, I feel afraid to also like show myself in the space that I have to like be this person to, so that they will go to the doorway. And if I break character, then it's not working or yeah, it's strange. And then it's like, okay, we're not, when we're not in sessions, then they want to hang out or they want to have a voice message. And then I'm like, Am I still, you know, I don't know. I'm wondering, like, maybe it's better to send my friends to other people. If you have any experience with this, I would, yeah, be really happy to hear. Thank you. Um, The first thing that I want to say is you, you can only hold space from where you are. And so if you put on a thing, then it's the thing that's holding space and, and not and not the space in you to hold space. And I think there's a spark that just came out that is that you need space to hold space. And it's really, I haven't read it completely, but it just makes so much sense to me. It's, um, I, if I, if I put my, my box is a box that loves to be like, right. And to teach. And, and so this would, I would put something on and then give some advice and stuff. And I, I, I'm not, I don't think that that's what you do, but that the thing of putting on something would block the natural tendency, the natural 
because the bright principles are, are natural forces that already exist in you. So you don't have to force them that you already were born with them. If you're asleep, they're working there. You know, you're not, you don't have to do anything for the bright principles to, to be there. Of course you can block them and you can pretend and stuff and you can like, let them shine even more. And so uh, first recommendation would be to, to move into the orientation of your experimenting things. You know, you're, this works, this uh, was a bit weird. And you're trying new things, new ways of, of being in a space with coaching. And, and it, won't not, it will not feel authentic for, for a while because the authentic that was feeling was what you've known. That's the, the, known, the known ways of relating. And so any new way of relating will feel a little um, skewed or inauthentic at first. And the or the 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 space of relating of coaching is completely different from the space of relating of friendship. Where where I would I'm, I'm like looking back because nowadays I don't I'm I'm not out of I'm not saying that I'm a coach the whole time, but I'm always I'm I'm the space through which my bright principles exist, whether I'm talking with a friend or where I'm, I'm talking with um, in, a, in a formal coaching session. And I'm, I'm interested in the things that I'm interested, which for some people, like, for example, you know, Dawe, he was um, in, in the United States with me in this, in this transformational tour in the U.S. And one of the comments that he gave me was like, gosh, you really are like a trainer the whole time. And I thought you were going to be something else like on, on your weekends or something and I'm like well that's I'm really it's not a thing that I put on I'm really interested in interested in all of this and so may you are who you are you know you are that like the the space of of letting the bright principles come out of you is not a is not a space of putting on a personality of coach and it could be not damaging, but it could block block the natural way of 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 speaking of the the natural way of your bright principles, which is not your box to speak, and and until you really let that fountain flow, it's going to feel completely unauthentic. Now, the thing that I suspect is that when you go into the hangout space, it it does not have a clear purpose. You no, know, hang out with what purpose? And so then if it doesn't have a purpose, it will have an unconscious purpose, which will have some kind of, I don't know, habit or thing that is no longer you anymore, or there's, there's an old part of you or an unconscious part of you that is playing. And it might be familiar, but you can even be in a French space of hangout space and have, what is the purpose of me being with my friend right now? Okay. And then decide the purpose is being with them where the purpose is scanning for his archetypal lineage. The purpose is being only my bright principle of clarity in the space. You can decide. You know, it does not have to be, it does not have to be, um, you can make, you can make authentic uh, researches then. But the thing is that if you don't define what the purpose is, then it will be some kind of unconscious. And it doesn't mean that it's bad, but it will be some kind of old habit that it's going to be playing. And, and a lot of your friends, even though you have a lot of bright 
principle um, energy in it will also have a habituation to you being a person that is that you're changing and they're going to try to call back unconsciously call back that person and so you can stand in the, the culture that you are creating for yourself and it doesn't have to be like the same culture as me or anybody else here in the room but the culture that you are carefully crafting that you you inhabit with integrity instead of being drawn to a kind of space unconscious space does that make sense so far yes yeah a lot it really lands thank you It also helps, I did this with some friends. I, it also helped to say, hey, when I'm in a formal coaching, I am not your friend. I'm a badass bitch who's gonna kick your ass if I need to. Do you agree? <laughs> and and then and then they they get the the shift. Like you're you, basically what you're doing is establishing a context so that their box can can rattle a little bit out of the normal space. Okay. Or you can say I'm a sorceress or whatever it is that you want to say, but something that that shakes them out of that of the of the space. Oh, I'm just talking with my friend. Yeah. Something I've done, Charlotte, is created a separate communication channel for the work I do as a coach with friends. So I don't have the same thread. I have a separate communication thread on Telegram. Mm -hmm. Okay. Thank you. That's a great idea. Yeah. What are you going to do? Um, what am I going to do? I am going to all of the people in the friend category. I'm going to in the next session, I'm going to start by sharing this situation that I'm working with. And then I'm going to propose that we have Telegram for our coaching chat and WhatsApp for friend chat or outside of the coaching context. And I'm, I'm going to, this, what you said is like helping me in so many more ways about like setting the context for hangout space, because I'm so used to like this, just hangout culture. And I always have felt so dissatisfied by it. And I'm blaming everyone else. Like they suck. Like this is a shitty hangout space. Like nothing's happening. And I'm not showing up with the clarity of what the purpose is for me to be there. So I'm like, okay, outside of my, my coaching life, I also have to set the purpose. Like it's not, I don't know how I thought I could just, do it differently sometimes like whatever just no purpose but i see whenever there's no purpose it's gremlin or it's i'm not really fulfilled or i'm i feel like shit i i'm sad i feel no connection i feel mm. like what am i doing and yeah. Will will you share like one or two like legends of even it, legends could be something like it didn't work it really didn't work I completely like forgot about it and stuff but just share the like what you've been doing to the rest of the group because I think what you're talking about happens with a lot of the people here 
Um, yeah, well, my, for example, my partner. No, I mean, I mean, in the group, oh. like, because oh. you're going to make these experiments from now on, right? Oh, and on, then right? come back yeah. with like, yeah. what, yeah, 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 with the shit and with the gold. Yeah. Yes. yes. <laughs> yes. Okay. I was going to just tell you some shit from the top. <laughs> no, 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 no. We'll leave it there. <laughs> Thank you, Charlotte. Thanks. Yeah. But, and so, uh, Nicole, I just did, I, I just did that thing. Like I just spoke to something in Charlotte. I don't know who I'm talking to, but I just spoke to something in Charlotte and I had no idea. My box was going like, why am I saying these things? They have nothing to do with possibility coaching. And it landed and landed in the original or a kind of, I don't know if it's really original, but it's a more deep necessity in Charlotte. So just really radically rely on the thing that's coming out of your mouth. When you put yourself in the space, instead of your comfort, what your performance, your possibility coach, like instead of that, all those identities, you put yourself in the space of service, completely liquid into that space. It, it, it really, it really works. Thank you everybody no, for uh, going on questions and answers. And um, I, I'm with you. So I want you to succeed. And if you have any more questions, reach out to me. I give the space back. Well, thank you. Have fun. And thank you so much, Vera, for, for this thank abundance, you, liquid space. <laughs> what you poured through you. Uh, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And thank I, you. Probably I will cut um, out the part of the decontamination and we'll send it to you so because it was amazing and i want that it goes on to the home page thank cool. you for doing that cool yeah so great to have a team yay bye-bye <laughs> okay. bye 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 good night bye bye bye, bye. bye. bye.